Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Small Biz Gone Viral. I'm your host, Grant LeBeau, and I started this podcast eight months ago because COVID felt like it was crushing my small business hopes and dreams. Turns out it actually was, for 2020 at least. And I felt like there had to be other small business owners out there who felt the same way, who needed to hear they are not alone in their struggles. So here we are, eight full months in, and finally, finally, there is a vaccine in sight. Two of them, actually, both announced this week. Stick around for more on that later. And while you're at it, a quick reminder to stick around to the very, very end of the show to hear our regularly scheduled bonus round where I ask three or four questions to our guest and get their insights onto their favorite and least favorite parts of entrepreneurship. But first, our fun fact. Yay! Today we have dueling fun facts. First, the bad one. This past Friday, 187,000 Americans were diagnosed with COVID. In one day, in just one day, more people in the U.S. were diagnosed than have been found to have the coronavirus in Japan, Australia, and South Korea in the last eight months combined. Now, as promised, the good news. Two vaccines were announced in the last week, both above the 90% efficacy threshold, which is phenomenal news. Literally the news we've all been waiting for. And a decent segue to our time capsule segment, Facts and Figures. Today's facts and figures really are a tale of two cities. Starting with COVID-19, we are averaging here in the U.S. over 130,000 cases per day. What's scary is the staggering upward trajectory of our caseload, having increased in the past eight weeks alone from 35,000 daily cases to a single-day record of 187,000. That's a 434% increase. It appears that as our president sulks over a re-election bid failure, marred by an incoherent pandemic response, and now a refusal to accept defeat, he is dedicating his waning days in office to not only ignoring the huge spike, but by delaying the response of the incoming Biden administration by refusing to allow policy and intelligence briefings to commence with the Biden's transition team. As a small business owner who has been deeply affected by COVID and happens to have a microphone in front of him, I will be on my soapbox for the next 30 seconds. You've been warned. As exemplified by our COVID numbers compared to those countries I named earlier, Japan, South Korea, Australia, who took the pandemic seriously, we are not doing so hot. It is my humble opinion that a lack of a national policy and uniform response early on, or at any point really, led to a calamitous public health situation, and, of course, by imposing on-again, off-again, on-again, off-again closures and restrictions on businesses without additional financial support beyond the PPP, which was, of course, designed to last two months, and came out seven months ago, the government is doing an atrocious job protecting its citizens and small businesses alike. I yield my remaining time on the soapbox. One good thing we can get behind as a country is we can all look forward to the double good news by Pfizer and Moderna, two giant pharmaceutical companies, who announced a 91% and a 94.5% effective vaccine. Moderna's vaccine also does not require deep cold temperature transportation, 
making distribution much easier than Pfizer's, which was announced earlier in the week. On the heels of this news, Wall Street threw a party and both the Dow Jones and S&P indices hit record highs, even higher than pre-COVID, never mind the high unemployment rates. Netflix, Zoom, and Peloton all saw double-digit dips in their stock prices, but I'm sure overall they're doing just fine. My guest today is Tex Dworkin, co-founder and chief community officer of Rattle, a virtual brainstorm community of unlike-minded people who help solopreneurs keep building forward. Solopreneurs, of course, being single entrepreneurs. Before Rattle, she was a socially responsible business leader and spokesperson growing one of the first ever online fair trade stores close to a million in sales, serving on multiple boards, including eBay's World of Good and Fair Trade Federation, and making media appearances, including CNN and NPR, to promote business as a tool for social change. She's advised thousands of entrepreneurs worldwide on building sustainable businesses and is obsessed with helping passion-driven solopreneurs succeed in business. Tex is a huge proponent of thinking outside of the box to grow your business and, as you'll soon find out, sharing that passion with other small business owners. Tex, thanks so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you waking up so early. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) She said excitedly. Uh, So because you and I both work normal jobs, we are here recording this. Uh, It is the sun is not up yet. And we're going to make this happen because that is the life of of being an entrepreneur. That's right. We are going to talk all about. So let's kick things off by having you tell us exactly what is Rattle. Rattle is a space to virtually brainstorm with unlike-minded problem solvers. So what does that mean practically to me as an entrepreneur looking looking for some some help out there in the ether? Okay, so say you're a small business owner, you You choose your topic, some sort of a business hurdle that you want support around. You click a button to book a 20-minute brainstorm session, and three to five supportive strangers join your brainstorm, and you brainstorm together, and we throw in a facilitator to guide the conversation. And I have to say that I, I should have said this probably in the intro, but the way that you and I connected was through, I suppose we can call her a mutual friend now. Uh, and that is Caitlin Christine of Gabby, who was, I want to say, maybe six-ish episodes ago, uh, who has her own uh, healthcare startup that is amazing. And then she used uh, Rattle as her unsponsor of the show. So I obviously did, a little, while I was doing the research for uh, for my Instagram post, looked into Rattle and was just super interested in it, and then reached out to you. And it seemed you and I have, have quickly become your besties, fast, the besties, fast friends. Yes, <laughs> uh, because you know, obviously, like what this podcast is built around is connecting small business owners together. Because it's in real life, 
it is difficult to find people who can truly commiserate and empathize and understand from from even a secondhand, but definitely a firsthand experience of all of the the stresses and just the the general existence of owning your own small business. Yeah. So when I stumbled across Rattle, it was like this this uh, I don't know this not epiphany, but this moment yeah basically the clouds parted the clouds parted the sun came down i was like oh man someone is doing the exact thing that i didn't know existed but needs to exist yes so you are there to be to provide a resource for small business owners who are out there especially solopreneurs who are doing things on their own who could just use an outsider's perspective and yeah. one thing that I, I want to highlight from your description, and I know this is in the official description, is that you're looking to to facilitate brainstorms with unlike minds. So it's yeah. not just it's not an echo chamber. You're getting perspectives from all over the place who might be from different industry or certainly from different industries, but at the end of the day have sold widgets as a small business, essentially, which is what mm-hmm. we're all doing. We're all just selling widgets, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how did you, and you just launched? Uh, yes and no. We just launched our beta product. Yes, about two weeks ago. But we've been um, a paid pilot, if you will, since May of 2020. Right. And I, I should have explained that better because I know this because I was a part of that pilot. <laughs> and I have, right. I, I have participated. I, I have I have rattled and I loved my experience, which is part of the reason why I'm so excited to have you on the show today. So this is not your first foray into the business business world. What is your personal background that led you to start rattle? Well, I'm a co-founder. So there's me and there's my co-founder, Liani. Um my background is actually socially responsible business. So I, um, in a previous life, w- went around the world and worked with entrepreneurs and helped them develop their, develop and market their products to sell in the international market in order to empower themselves um, with their work. Um, so I've been passionate about helping entrepreneurs help themselves but I'd never done it for myself, for my own thing. And I knew I loved it. Um, and rat with Rattle, I get to support entrepreneurs in the United States uh, who really need that ongoing help and they need that connection with the people who can provide it. Um, Liani comes from a totally different background, which I like to call like we're sort of, you know, yin and yang. Her background is finance and she she was she consulted with like Snapchat and when they were going public. And so she's I like to call her like a problem solver. She can figure out what problem needs solving and connecting the tech product to that solution. Together, we are um, quite a yin and yang that really feed off of each other. And how did you two meet? How long have you known each other? Well, um, so, you know, I'll, before we met, 
I like to describe my life as I knew I was built for more and I was feeling very professionally stuck. I knew I was absolutely obsessed with business. I'm absolutely obsessed with entrepreneurism. I have been my entire life, but I was very professionally stuck and I didn't know how to put that passion and that drive into, I didn't know what to put it into. And so I got to a point where I was sort of throwing everything at the wall to see what sticks. And Liani posted a call for user testers. She was testing a brainstorm platform or some some sort of a brainstorm product. And when I read, you know, for entrepreneurs, I was like, ding, beep, boop, 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 boop. You know, we met through a user interview. I didn't know why I said yes. I was just throwing things at the wall to see what would stick. When we met, it was like that clouds parting. We were just like, yeah, and you couldn't stop talking. It went way over time. I can't remember if it was her or me, but one of us was like, I have another meeting. And I was her. And I, I said, all right, let's call me back when you're done. Like, I don't care. I don't want you to, I didn't care if I was looking desperate. I just knew this felt right. And so she did. She called me back after her other meeting. And we said, you know, this sounds really like we have some, we're jiving, right? Let's just meet in person. So we made a, a plan to meet. I can't remember, just a couple of days later or something. We went to Flora Grub in San Francisco, which is kind of near my house. This amazing garden place that has like a cafe in there and lots of little nooks where you can sit and chat. She showed up, we chatted, hit it off even more. Um, and then we, we really realized that this is something, we've got something here. Um, we're 19 years apart in age, different ethnicities, completely different life experiences, but we on a values level first, I think, and on an obsession, passion level, we're right with each other. So we, right then and there, we were like, let's partner, but let's not be dumb. Let's test out whether we can work together, because I think a lot of founders underestimate the importance of really testing to see, can this person be my work wife? You know, you're going to be with this person like every day. Um, you have to know, can you can you conflict? What's the word? You know, can you work through Resolve. conflict? Yeah. yeah. Can you can you talk about hard things? Can you be honest with each other? Can you, all those things? I think people skip over that. They just go, oh, we we have the same idea. Let's just go for it. We were almost methodical about because we knew that we were onto something and we were in it for the long haul. So we decided let's throw an event. Let's throw an in real life brainstorm event not just for the event, but to test whether we could work together. And this was perfect Liani text moment. We, at the same time, we were like, okay, how about, I said two months, and she said two weeks. How about in two weeks? And I was like, how about in two months? I had been stuck for eight years. I was terrified to come out of my shell. I was terrified to come out of my comfort zone. I needed somebody like Liani in my life to really push me to challenge myself. And um, in retrospect, what I've learned, I mean, I've had the most amazing, that's, that was a year ago, that was in September of 2019. I've had the most incredible, professional, transformational year of my life. 
And I don't want to say I owe it all to Liani because I give myself a lot of credit, but having someone like Liani to work with has been such a blessing. So we did, we threw that two week, you know, event, we got about a dozen perfect strangers to show up at a certain time and brainstorm their hurdles. And that, that very night, I remember one woman uh, saying, I don't know if I should say her name. So I was like, we'll call her Jane. But she was just, she said something like, you know, I knew I was ready. And that event was like perfectly timed. And it was life saying, you know, it's time to open up. It's time to do this. It opened her up. And I could, as you now know, I could relate, you know, it opened me up. I have goosebumps already just talking about it because there's something magical that happens when you get people that don't know each other into a room together. Um, and we tasted it that night. And like a week later, we're like, now what? Um, we threw a Facebook group together. We're like, let's see if people will brainstorm online with strangers and be honest about their hurdles. And be vulnerable. Yeah. Which is it too is... early to share like one of my favorite quote things? I don't have the exact quote, but. No, sh share your summary. Okay, it's a, it's not a, it's not a summary. It's just this, it's this woman I just adore. Her name's Barbara Scher. She, um, back in the day, used to be a regular guest on Oprah, and I really admire her. She actually passed away earlier this year. She um, is a, I guess you call her a life coach, but not one of those. And she would say it herself, not one of those, you know, touchy feely. She's very practical and she, her passion is very similar to mine her passion is helping other people do their passion and she had this she has a ted talk um you can look her up it's s-h-e-r she has this ted talk where she says there's something magical that happens when you share your dream with perfect strangers and you share your hurdle or what you perceive to be the hurdle of that dream with them. Strangers specifically, because, and, uh, uh, and not literally quoting her, but what she explains is that when you share with strangers, they don't know your shit. They don't know what's bogging you down. They don't know your strengths and weaknesses. All they know is what you tell them. And that lack of information is actually a very huge benefit to them helping you. And speaking of helping, it gets to the second part. Why share your hurdle with the strangers? Well, according to her, and we're seeing this in real life every day, when you share a hurdle with people who are there to support you, it ignites the problem-solving instinct to come up with solutions. You can't help yourself. It's like part of your brain just kicks in and you're like, what if you did this? Well, have you tried that? And so that's what we're doing with brainstorming with strangers. And you're, you're, especially for a company that's only been around for 13, 14 months, it, I feel like you already have a, a polished product. I know that I certainly enjoyed my experience and found it to be exactly kind of what I was looking for because so often as a small business owner out in the real world, you have people who are really well-meaning, but often tell you, and this is actually one of the, one of the questions on the, 
on the questionnaire that I have all of my guests uh, uh, fill out prior to prior to the interview is what is your least favorite like question comments kind of uh, to, to get from people because so many people they hear that you have business and they go oh you know what you should do and you and it's like a lot of times it's something that's really really obvious and what I liked about the, my experience rattling was that the suggestions were you know I, I obviously it's predicated around me as the person asking the question to be vulnerable and to, and to put my question out there but then everyone is giving open and honest feedback and coming at it from because they're unlike minds are coming at it from different directions and giving me ideas that I genuinely had not thought about before it wasn't yeah. hey have you thought about selling at whole foods yeah i've thought about selling at whole foods it's the biggest name brand grocery store in my industry that i've been in for 7 years i've heard of them <laughs> right it was it was much much more to it than that which i really appreciated um, I do want to 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 move on because I feel like we could just. I certainly could talk firsthand about how amazing I think your product is, but we need to talk about uh, your business and how it's existing in in our current day and age, and and I believe how COVID is actually. Um, well, I won't I won't make any assumptions. We'll just talk about it in the next segment, of course. So you and Leoni meet in September, you set, you uh, get things rolling, you have your in-person group. What, what were the, the, the next steps from there? And did you, um, you've bootstrapped everything, which are yours. So, right. So is that, do I have that right? Thus far. Yeah, okay. That is correct. And what is the corporate structure? You guys are 50, 50. Yes. And are there any other employees or have you, how, how have you done the, the coding? Uh, we're in pre COVID mode. Yes. Pre COVID. <laughs> so we're anything up through, through March. Anything up through March. Okay. The beginning of March, I should say. We, we first launched our uh, product. I put in quotations in May of 2020. Um, we offered a, intro rate, 12 bucks a month paid annually or 20 bucks a month. Uh, we both put in our own money um, into a website and basically pieced together a product. Um, very manual. Uh, we're both incredibly scrappy. So it was a bunch of no cold code tools pieced together like Airtable, um, Zapier, Calendly, email, Zoom. Um, and we brainstormed. Um, we tried fundraising meaning like going for you know vc capital and for so many reasons it became clear to us not now and so we talked about at a certain point we talked about whether to spend six months full-time fundraising and offer the product for free you know to get a lot of people we decided decided it's better the amount of time it would take to maybe get a check was better spent you know, eating oodles of noodles and, you know, building our product and learning from the people using it who are paying for it, how to build the best product. Um, so the longer we go, the more we learn and the more people we help. So we learned so much by being able to keep building and keep testing rather than having, you know, investors to to have to confer with and, you know, that kind of thing. 
Right. So early on, uh, prior to COVID, it was basically you and Liani spend bootstrapping, investing your own money, uh, getting working towards building out that first uh, release of your platform of Rattle, which was like you were saying, very manually uh, or, or had high manual requirements for um, for setting up the rattles, for scheduling, et cetera. Yep. yep. And did you Squarespace build it yourself? Did you hire, did you pay someone else to build the, the original website? It was just like a designer off of, I, I actually, uh, Liani is the one that hired them, but just, you know, yeah, hired yeah. like a contract person to do the site. Yeah. Off I mean, it was all manual. It was like, here's an email list of the sessions. You know, we emailed the Zoom link. We emailed the, you know, an hour before. Don't yeah. forget about the upcoming session. Everything was manual. And it was just you two. And then because, and this is a little nuancy, but because you started your business in 2019 and you were pre-revenue, the PPP was probably useless to you? Um, there was actually the initial, there was some PPP, but I call Rodriguez on this because she's the finance person. I'm the more, I'm the people person in the community. And so she could speak to that end of things better than me i sound like a politician i'm going to recuse yes. myself you know but i just don't know as much about the finance as as liani does that's okay. what she did you know yeah well i know the so shines. well i we can call in an expert on the ppp here or a pseudo expert a wannabe expert me uh because i've the, the so it's the paycheck protection program and it was based off of 2019 quarterly revenues and so if you were starting a business in 20 you know in early 2020 it was going to be pretty difficult to to apply for ppp funds unless you had outside uh, experience or uh, yeah, outside revenues from a prior mm. engagement, and then in which case you could then apply, and you could you do that as as contractor as well. Mm. You know what we did do? We had a PPP expert come on our Facebook group and do a Facebook Live to help all of our people to be like ask him anything because we knew there it was so t time sensitive. And when it first happened, we both looked at each other. We we're like. People, because people need to know they have to act fast. This money right might run out, so we just which hopped, it did one time. Yeah, right. So we hopped on our Facebook Live, and we had this amazing guy answer every single question. He had links to forms. He had everything right there for everybody. And you know, every little thing like that is building trust with your people. We wanted to help as many small businesses as we could, and when that happened, we were like, "What do they need most? They need information." We don't know it. Let's get a guy who does. And he was on Facebook Live very quickly and people were sharing it. And he was so awesome. I love that you that even in that story, I don't even I don't even think you're aware that you're doing it, but you're admitting this that you're you are living the the word vulnerability, which is I think something that you and I have bonded over, but by not even pretending like you knew the answer and just immediately going, Hey, I don't know the answer. That means probably other people don't know the answer. You're not, you're not, you're not making any, uh, you're not acting as if you know the answers and it's, it's okay to admit yeah. that. And it's okay to go, 
I don't know the answers. Let's go find someone who does and let's give people the, the access to that and provide them value as solopreneurs who are already have so much on their plates under any normal circumstances, much less trying to survive and thrive in a, in, in a pandemic, yeah. which is continues to be hectic and, and full of uncertainty. But of course, going back to March when things were hitting the fan for the first time, there was who knows what's going on what's the ppp what's the eidl what are all the all of these acronyms that i yeah. should should i be familiar with them and it's like you were saying about trying to raise money when you are already focused and 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 resource constrained and and taxed on time and money on where to spend those trying to grow your business again under normal circumstances how are you supposed to become an expert on yeah. things like the ppp during while still trying to run your business, which of course is one of the reasons why Rattle exists. Yes, this is true. One thing I, I'd throw in there is yes. that Liani's a small business owner outside of Rattle um, with her boyfriend. Uh, it's called Lundy Way, and it's an apron company. It's like some you know top chefs around the world use their aprons, and she wanted to know about it. Like when that happened, and you know small businesses were all freaking out. She knows what small business owners need because she is a small business owner and she needed to know really, she's really like smart and knows we need to hop on this right away. And she knew she needed more information. And I think that helped us realize if she, she's not alone, everyone needs this information. So it's really helps. She's in the brain because she has, she is one of them. Yeah. 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 You, and, guys, uh, you, you guys compliment each other so well. Go, go on. Yeah. One other thing I was going to say is it's not, you know, when you don't know something, I mean, this sounds so, maybe sounds so obvious, but there's a strength in saying, I don't know if it leads you to finding out the answer and it, it does not diminish your authority or your ex, you know, your image as an expert or any of that crap. It's smart. You know what I mean? You can't know everything. And the people that pretend that they do, that's not smart. That's not honest. No one knows everything. So it's it's a strength is my point. Yeah. And I keep on coming back to this word vulnerability, which is something that you and I bonded over. And it was so funny because right before I reached out to you, I got on a road trip with my wife and she had put on a, an audio book or audio book slash lecture by Brene Brown, who is another TED Talk extraordinaire oh, yeah. she's amazing and at first i was a little bit reluctant to start our six hour drive off with a with you know two minutes Talking in about. switching over to <laughs> vulnerability and then i was so i was like hooked 30 yeah. seconds in uh and then so i mentioned that in my initial email to you where i said hey just so you know i'm, I'm good i'm gonna be listing you as an unsponsor and also i think that you and i should connect just mm -hmm. because i uh, you, I love your, you, I love what you're doing so much. And then of course, as I'm exploring your website, I think I saw a quote by Brene Brown on there. I was like, oh gosh, this is meant to be. Yeah. I wrote an, it was a medium article I wrote that I sent you a link to, um, or it was somewhere mm -hmm. and it was, it's basically a whole list of, you know, it was about how I got professionally unstuck and, and I end with Brene because she's just the queen of, she she unlocks a lot for a lot of people. I mean, we, yeah. we have a whole segment just on Brene Brown, but yeah, the article is basically like here here here's all the things I did. Don't do any of these because I was stuck for eight years. You know, right? Yeah, That's I think I think her 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 thing on vulnerability is basically it just 
be willing to address the truths and put them out there. Truths of your stresses, truths of where you're stuck, truths of your hurdles, truths of your own limitations. And basically when you admit them and you face those things head on, you are, you're just setting yourself up for success and those people around you. So yeah. uh, Tex, I knew this was going to happen. It's just so easy to talk to you. And we, we need to move to the next segment here, which is our mid COVID set. Uh, but before we do, as always, it's time for our guests, unsponsor of the show. The unsponsor is an awesome company who produces awesome things uh, run by awesome people. They don't know they're going to get the shout out, but it's just someone who deserves our listener support if they're in a position to support. Uh, so tell us, who is today's show not brought to us by? Today's show is not brought to you by Proxy Detroit. So they offer content and resources for Black women entrepreneurs to help get their startup and their business ideas off the ground. That's basically what they do. But they serve all businesses across the country as well. They provide content, downloadable templates, and they offer courses. They had like an amazing, uh, you come out of the course with a business plan. So Proxy Detroit, and uh, can I mention their website? Yeah, please. Uh, it's... Uh, www.proxydetroit.com spelled p-r-o-x-i-e detroit.com and it was funny when you were telling me that who, who was going to be the unsponsor because i was like proxy detroit why does that sound familiar it's because in my rattle session the owner of proxy detroit was a part of it and then she and i connected offline her name is autumn she's amazing she, she also is. has a cookie dough company that yep, was small business owner yep a small business owner it's a cookie dough company that you is meant to be consumed as cookie dough and she was selling to um she was selling to movie theater chains yeah and is at this point kind of deciding what to do how to move forward because that seemed like such a, a rock solid business model yep uh nine months ago and yet here we are and She's a, all of a sudden any business that revolves around selling to or that revolves around that depends on high foot traffic to movie theaters is yeah. probably going to be a, a, a experiencing a little a bit of a struggle yeah i still think she should partner with like cannabis companies yeah <laughs> And I'm sure you told her that in a in a rattle session. No, I'm just no? thinking. I was just thinking that now. Okay. Hilarious. Uh, well, shout out to Autumn and yeah. Proxy Detroit. P R O X I E Detroit dot com. All right, it's March first. The first COVID related death happens on U.S. soil. It's March thirteenth. The national uh, there's a um, a national emergency announced around COVID how you are still basically in the pre-launch phases of your business, how were you affected or were you affected from a business standpoint and how you saw your path moving forward? Well, I think unlike a lot of small business owners, you know, as a startup that was fairly new, we didn't have a lot of pivoting or, ah, what are we going to do now? Change our business model um, in a, in a way, you know, COVID, what we were positioned to do, like what we do was perfectly timed with people being isolated in their homes. Of course, I wouldn't say, you know, yay, COVID. Um, but just to put it in perspective, before COVID, there were approximately 42 million solopreneurs who were 
working alone in isolation. I don't even know post COVID, you know, like once COVID hit, obviously that number is just crazy. Right. Mm -hmm. So once COVID hit, we knew that there were so many more people who needed what we did ASAP and, you know, that virtual support. We are social creatures. We still need people in our lives and we wanted to be those people for all of those solopreneurs. So that's why we went into action pretty quickly with the Facebook group at first, you know, to really test out whether people would even be honest about their hurdles. Um, we had to, then we realized we had to start charging because it was time to build a product and, you know, there's only one way to truly validate a business idea, and that's to charge money for it. That's how people will tell you whether you're delivering enough value for them to, you know, empty their pockets. And in our case, not empty them, just take a few bits out. You know, we're yeah. cheap, like 12 bucks a month. Come on, people. So yeah. we knew it was time to build the product. And so we went with the, you know, intro rate to get some money in, you know, have some skin in the game from our users. And we put a little money into the website, piece that together, all, as we talked about, and, um, you know, really started to offer what we could with what we had to get to the point where we're at now. So where are we time-wise now? And I can... We are in the middle of COVID. So, you... so now we're in COVID. We're, we are in COVID, yeah. So we're... So okay. March so, ha March happens. Uh, we're now into April, May. We're we're seeing um, unemployment skyrocket. So one of my uh, most often mentioned stats is that the record for most people to file first time unemployment claims in any given week ever in the United States prior to COVID was 695,000 back in October of 1982. So 695,000 people filed for unemployment in one mm -hmm. week. And that was in the savings and loans crisis in the early 80s. That number, uh, that, that record stood through the financial crisis, through the Great Recession of 2008-2009. Along comes COVID. And that number was uh, 695,000. The first uh, big week of unemployment filings in COVID was, I believe, 6.7 million. So basically, Holy 10 at yeah, crap. so 10, 10, 10 times, times. Wow. that record. Uh, we are now 30 weeks, 33 weeks into COVID as of as we record this interview. Every single week for the last 33 weeks since COVID, since uh, that that federal emergency was announced. That record, that pre-COVID record, has been demolished. So wow. we, we've exceeded that record every single week. Uh, um, we're now in like the eight hundred thousands, which somehow seems good. And the reason why I'm 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 saying this and getting into so much detail is because basically there are that many people who are displaced from their jobs and yeah. and are looking for options. Right? It's mm -hmm. it's it's. There aren't a lot of people who are like, hey, let's hire a ton of people right now. Mm -hmm. Yes, I think I think Walmart is hiring. And you know, yeah, yeah, there are some big firms out there who are hiring, but are they the types of jobs that um, you know everyone is looking for? No. So a lot of people are turning to starting their own businesses, which mm -hmm. I 
they're starting their own businesses, but they can't go to in-person meetup groups. They can't have, or they shouldn't be meeting lots of new strangers and spending lots of quality time with them in person. So a business, uh, a platform that allowed you to connect with outside people, I would imagine would be something that would be highly sought after if you can just get the word out about it. Yeah. So you launch in May. How have you gone about finding new people and what type of reception have you received? Well, um, well, before we talk about the marketing, then we, by that point, we actually, I'm just trying to think, we didn't really, we don't have a marketing budget. You know, we, we put every dime we have, both Liani and I into the, into what we did have. And we didn't, there's not a lot left over for marketing. So most of it, what we didn't, I would say we didn't really market much because it was about getting it right for a small handful of people before we talk scale. And when I say manual, we, we capped it at only, I think, 35 paid members because imagine, you know, six brainstorm sessions a week at 20 minutes each, that's organizing five guests per session. There was so much, um, there's only so much we could do. So it was a capacity issue. We could learn what we needed to learn with about 35 paying customers, overall about a thousand people in our community, meaning, you know, you've got the people booking the brainstorm sessions and you need five times that of the people that are brainstorming, right? So in the, in that, at that point, we weren't talking about marketing because we were all manual and there's a scale, there's a capacity issue. Well, how, how did you get to a thousand people? Um, that's just sort of, you know, friends and, and people telling other people, oh, you need to know about this. So lots of word of mouth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's correct. Okay. So then, then you do launch. So, yeah. So then when, you know, now the next point is I'm in a trailer. So you hear things like motorcycles going by. Um, so now we're at the point where we were ready. We've learned, right? We've learned all the lessons about what it takes to have a effective conversation with strangers to get real about your hurdles to get real solutions, all that great stuff. It's time to scale and build a product. Um, so that's at the point where we met Dan. And Dan is amazing. So Dan is our lead engineer and he's, we built what we now uh, soft launched with about a few weeks ago. And with the click of a button, everything's automated now. It's a beautiful, it's like a work of art. You click a button to book a session, you enter your topic, you pick your date. It goes into the magic world of, you know, technology and people see a list of upcoming sessions. You click on it if you want to join and you add it to your calendar. It's got a Zoom link. You just on that day, it's in your calendar. You're like, oh, I'm going to rattle at 12 o'clock. You hop on, you interact with the person who booked the session and you bounce ideas around and there's a facilitator. The facilitator has an auto populated script with everything he or she needs to guide the conversation. It's everything is automated now and it's really exciting for us. So now we can start talking. How do we get the word out with a limited budget and, but plenty of capacity now. 
So that's where we're at now. And just tying it back to COVID a little bit is, is, are there, are there impacts that you can identify specifically from COVID on the way that you have grown your grown or launched or anything basically as you've uh, evolved your product over the last you know six months or so? I know you don't have years and years with this, with this business to compare it to, uh, but I'm just interested to hear kind of w- what your what your thoughts are on how your COVID experience has been specifically with Rattle. Do you mean personally or like more macro we, level? E- either, either one. I mean, this mm. this podcast is about the, yeah. the, the impacts of COVID on small businesses and of course the humans that run them. Yeah, right. I think I've heard that a few times. Yeah, I bet you have. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, everyone has their own COVID story, right? And small business owners included, parents included. For me during Which COVID, you are both. I am both. I have a three-year-old. For me, with COVID happening, um, I feel like be- being a business owner and having something to problem solve and put love and thought into and, you know, and have a lot of drive around has been a savior, um, if I didn't have rattle during COVID, I don't know how I would be right now. But I know I wake up every morning with purpose, with drive, with the things that will keep my brain happy, like having to interact with people, having to think, having to accomplish things. It keeps me active and I worry I worry for small business owners. I worry for anybody who lacks that, you know, ex- external force of ha- needing purpose and, um, you know, having p- other people to interact with and all the things I just listed off. So for me, being Rattle's co-founder during COVID has been a blessing for other people COVID, I see, you know, we're living and breathing the problems that small business owners and solopreneurs are facing every day. And I'm the kind of person where like the first time I met you and I was, I was so excited for you to rattle. Here's what my brain does when I meet somebody who's a, a, a business owner going through COVID. I need to find the solution for this person. This person needs to succeed. The world needs them to succeed. What can I do? If anything, it's my weaknesses, I get so invested in every single rattler's success. I, I, you can't fake that. And it's not a marketing gimmick. I'm obsessed with making sure that small business owners and solopreneurs succeed. And I know they have a lot better chance of doing it when they're building with others. Because I tried building alone for eight fucking years. And it it was depressing. It was uh, demoralizing. As smart, I know I'm a business, like I am a business person. I've been living and breathing it my whole life. I had all of the skills and the experience and everything, but my own brain was working against me. I don't want that for other people. 
I want to make sure that the mistakes I've made that kept me so stuck and really like deprive the world of the gifts I can bring to it. I don't want that for other people. And so COVID has, if anything, has lit a fire because there's so much more pressing need that the, that small business owners and solopreneurs have. They, it's so easy to fold into yourself. It's so easy to give up. It's so easy to stop fighting, but the outcome is devastating for not just for, you know, the business, for their families, for their communities, for their cities, for their country. I mean, it all so much up is tied up into small businesses and, and, you know, it's not just a business. That's everyone that's listening, I'm sure knows what I'm talking about. But, you know, businesses are really such a lifeline of our, of the world. Yeah. Yeah. And it's part a lifeline of the world. And as you were kind of listing things off that, that a, that are uh, kind of uh, traits of small business owners. W- one thing that kind of comes to mind is how difficult it is to dissociate the success of your business from your own personal worth, your personal values, your where you derive your um, your I guess self self worth from. And I know that when COVID was first starting and we had all sorts of contracts being canceled, uh, one of my really good friends w- was basically almost like put their hand on my shoulder essentially and was like, Hey, the success of your personal success is not your personal value is not necessarily, or is not tied to the success of your business. It's okay for those to be different things. And that is a very, that that's some, some sage wisdom, but is really difficult to actually live that. And couldn't to, agree more. Yeah. Right. Totally. You, you oh know, okay, God. hey, there was a worldwide pandemic and the business model that I had that was succeeding through the last six or seven years, maybe it's not necessarily built for a pandemic. And that is okay. People will understand that. But it's yeah. there's ego can definitely get in either get in the way or just play a part in it in in your day to day. And just again, to reiterate how much I like rattle. One of the reasons why is because it's like, Hey, leave your ego at the door and come here, be vulnerable, share your problems. Uh, because people here are not going to judge you for it because everyone here has, is living it on their own and has personal. Very much true to, to draw from. You know, one thing I would add is that, you know, we've, if we judge anything on rattle, it's not how much you know, it's how vulnerable are you getting? You know, if you're getting really real, that's what blows our skirt up, you know, not like how many perfect ideas you can come up with, because it's not about coming up with the best idea. It's about coming up with as many ideas as possible. That's the purpose of brainstorming. It's up to the featured rattler to figure out which idea if any to act on and it's also not about one person coming up with this grand idea and blowing everyone away it's about people bouncing ideas off of each other opening their mouth and not knowing what's going to come out thinking out loud that's vulnerability where you're not editing the perfect thought so it can come out and be like and here is the grand champion of ideas it is this it's more like no and what if you did that oh well riffing on what she said what if you did that 
that's that's a real brainstorm. Yeah. So you are as we start kind of start to, to wrap things up here and and move into our uh, to evolve naturally into our post COVID segment. What what do you see happening in the next six to twelve months from for Rattle? What do we see like in a what are, what are your goals? What are your projections? What adjustments are you making, if any, to to what you're seeing, you know, to what you're experiencing firsthand as as part of your COVID experience? Well, you know, basically our goal is to be fully bootstrapped. Liani and I are not making paychecks and we want to be able to feed our families. So we are both doing what we love. Next, it's time to get paid for it. Um, we, our dream plan is every solopreneur would use rattle and never get stuck again. Um, however many that is 42 million plus COVID. Uh, and so our dream is really to be <clears throat> when you're growing your small business and, or you're a solopreneur every week you book a brainstorm because there's always another hurdle and you feel like you've got people to constantly build with. And in addition to figuring out, working through your hurdles, you're engaging with people on, on our app. Now you can message with each other so you can have all kinds of new relationships forming. Unrattle people are getting partnerships out of it and people are getting jobs out of it. There's a executive coach is getting freaking clients out of it. People are being uh, won over because they are bonding incredibly quickly and I believe it's because they're coming from a place of when you start from a place of helping, the guard is down and it comes back to you and people are bonding really quickly. So what's the, the future? The future is, you know, everyone has a rattle on their phone. You're you're stuck on something. You're like, ah, oh, crap, I'm just going to rattle it. You know, you click a button. And tomorrow or whenever you schedule it for uh, five people, hop on. You, some of them you know, some are new rattlers. You brainstorm your idea. You get that pep back in your step. You're like, oh, that one, I'm going to do that, you know? And you you keep pe all these people moving forward and pivoting, you know? all Everyone's in outside their comfort zone now. So the dream moving forward is we get so many people through word of mouth telling their the people that they know who are building businesses alone to join this thing it doesn't cost much money and it's you'll never build alone that's that's the dream and if people are looking for that support where mm -hmm. do where do they where do they find how do how do they sign up where oh that's you? easy well so here's the thing we're values driven so we have, we're invite only. And that sounds like we're adding a barrier to entry, but you go to getrattle.com and you click request invite. And it's rattle with two Ds, which means to intertwine ideas, rattle. So it's getrattle.com. You click request invite and you answer just a few things about, um, you know, why do you want to join our group here and and um, are you in alignment with our core values and those are very important to us because if we're going to protect 
our, our safe space. And by safe, I mean where people can be real about their hurdles. Um, we can't just say, you know, here's a link to join. Give me your credit card. We have to have that added layer. It takes longer to grow. It t it's a lot more marketing that we're going to need to be doing in the long run. But we're not just here to make money. Our, we're, we're values first and we're obsessed with helping people. And we will not be able to do that if we cannot maintain this sacred space where people can be honest and vulnerable. So they go to getrattle.com and they click on request invite and we manually vet every single person who joins. Um, and it's just, you know, it's not a lot of money. Oh, and you know what else I didn't mention is that in addition to the, so every paid member gets four rattles a, a month that they can book. Plus, they also get a coaching session with a rattle verified coach once a month to keep them, you know, to keep their mind in the game because we're not just business owners, we're people. And you have to work with your mind. And our minds are really being taxed, right? We are really being challenged. So we also, add that in. So you get four sessions all about you and you get a monthly small group coaching session. And all of that is 24 bucks a month. We think it's a steal and we, we want to find the people who need rattle the most. We're not just looking for anybody. We're not just looking for a buck. We're looking to unite with the people who need it the most, because that's what we're here to do. Well, I appreciate the work that you're doing, and I'm really looking forward to seeing how you and Liani grow things in the next six, 12 months and provide that resource for small business owners who are maybe they're, they're jumping in for the first time into the world of small business ownership, or they were stuck for eight years and they're just looking for uh, a different perspective. So Tex, thanks so much for coming on the show. I can't wait to have you back. Grant, thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you to my amazing guest and now friend, Tex Dworkin of Rattle. You've never seen a business like hers, so I highly recommend checking it out at GetRattle.com. Today's show is not brought to you by Happy Eco. Happy Eco is my unsponsor of the show because they are doing one of my favorite combination of things, saving the planet via capitalism. Happy Eco makes things like bamboo toothbrushes, plant-based floss picks, and toothpaste tablets. Basically just getting rid of all that unnecessary plastic waste in your bathroom. Remember that our unsponsors never know this shout out is coming until it's too late. It's just a good company doing good things that deserves a free boost. Your homework, as always, share this podcast with a friend, give it five stars, and follow us on Instagram at smallbizgoneviral. All three of those things are free ways to show some support. Extra credit, find a small business or artist or singer, or just someone you want to see succeed and just like their last 50 or so Instagram posts. It takes 30 seconds and I promise we'll make their day better. Thank you, Peggy Bunker and the Bugmates, Worldometer, NPR, Robinhood Snack, and Morning Brew Daily News emails, and my new favorite way to nerd out on stats and graphs, Statista. Also, big thanks to our intern, Kaylin Kwan, for all of her amazing work. 
Someday this will all be over. Until then, in the name of all that is holy, wear a mask, please. From an office in North Pacific Beach, recorded and edited before and after work hours, this is Small Biz Gone Viral. And we're back with our quick bonus lightning round with three quick questions for our guest, Tex Dworkin. Tex, question number one, what is your least favorite part about entrepreneurship? Oh, definitely just the sacrificing the family time and that kind of thing. But also, you know, I'd like a steady paycheck. That'd be neat. Um, and it's also hard to stay up, you know, keep that positive mindset every day because it's not a sprint, you know, it's a marathon and I'm not a very patient person, Grant. So I'm like, I'm ready for success now. <laughs> and it's, it's, you know, I have to have that suspended faith for a long time and that can be really exhausting. I have no idea if all of this work is going to pay off. There's zero, you know, guarantee. We, know. we just don't know. Yeah. Uh, kind of building off of that, this question is born from probably my own personal experiences uh, where you, you know, tie your own self-worth perhaps to the, to the success of your company. But with that, uh, how do you feel when someone you have known for a long time asks about the status or progress of your company? Like, are you always excited, et cetera? Ready to go. I mean, basically I'm, I'm an honest person. I wear my heart on my sleeve. So I tell them what's going on. I'm very open and honest. I'm also really hard on myself. So I probably don't go heavy enough on all of the things we have accomplished. And I probably tell them a little more about, oh my God, you know, the stresses and whatnot. But I don't mind being asked. I feel like that is just such like a, a quintessential, almost universal experience of of the solopreneur entrepreneur is everything you just said there. Yeah. About especially about not giving yourself enough credit. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Lightning round. Last question. Because we always end this show on an up note. What is your favorite part about entrepreneurship? I wake up with a purpose and I know what I'm going to do and what I'm doing uh, is in alignment with my soul. I, I really feel like this is what I'm meant to be doing. And there's just nothing that can replace the feeling of that when you wake up and when you go to sleep. Because let's be honest, we work in the morning, we work at night. So, yeah, doing what I love. I, I love it. Thanks, Tex. Thank you, Grant. This has been awesome. You're awesome. This podcast is awesome. 